On today's show, let's talk about the NBA Hall of Fame, why it's cool, and who the next Cavaliers to make it to Springfield will be. Let's dive in. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Right, the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment move more and visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs and the NBA for outlets like SB Nation, Cleveland Magazine, the Just Basketball Show with Brennan Clean, and many more. Evan, and we'll be back later this week, but we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame today. This is become something I'm really, really kind of obsessed with as I've gotten a little bit older. The Hall of Fame to me is just a really cool exercise to honor sports history. I think the NBA and basketball in general could often do a better job with it. I you know, I understand that in America, where the Hall of Fame is, where most of the players are from, where these festivities take place. Basketball is not as popular as the NFL, and but what the Hall of Fame is for the NFL that is an event. If you, you know, I live near Canton, I live like a 45 minute drive away. It's really cool to go, even if you're not the biggest NFL fan. Like, I've gone twice with my dad. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. We have gone when Buccaneers have gone in. Um, had I, I wasn't in town, but had I been in town, I was planning on going to, for the Joe Thomas one just because that's going to be an event, right? Like, that is going to be a one of one kind of entertainment factor to have Joe Thomas get inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's just a one-of-one thing, right? So that, to me, is where some of this goes. Today's show is all about that. It's going to be segment one, why I think you should care about it. I'm going to make the case segment two. Who are the next Cavs that could get in? There's an obvious one, a certain guy from Akron, but there's certain guys from that era that I think really deserve it. And then who could be next? Who among this era can we project forward and say, hey... Who could make it? Who could make it out of Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell? I think that is an interesting conversation to see where that could go. But here, here's why I would say this matters. If you want to be the best fan you can, if you want to be... I think really in tune with the sports history, with your franchise's history, it's important to go back. And I think as a kid, that's really hard to do, right? I, I think as a kid, when you get into sports, you're not so can you don't fall in love with necessarily the players of old. Maybe your parents tell you about them. Maybe you in the age of YouTube, you can like find old highlights. Like I'm sure there are kids now who grew up Cavs fans who have found like LeBron highlight clips on YouTube and have just been like, you know, who's pretty good? LeBron James from like 2003 until like 2011. That era LeBron was something, even if they didn't live it, right? Even if they were not even alive yet, or even if they were really young and not really a conscious sports fan at that time. I think basketball history in general is just this really cool thing because the game evolves era by era by era. And there are guys that we will never get to watch play. 
women that we never get to watch play on, the, on I think, even more so because that sport and that sector of basketball is just vastly undercovered historically. That it's, I think, important for us to go back and learn. And even if you may say, like, ah, you know, the current guys are more athletic, the training and stuff, it separates them. They're a different caliber of athletes now, whatever. The history of how we got here tells you a story that I think will make you a better basketball fan. Like, guys that played in the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, yeah, like, you know, like Gigi Riddick, you know, has, you know, gone viral a couple of times for, you know, I think Dalt Shea, it's like the Shays family poking at him, being like, this guy gets smoked in the modern NBA. We talk about there being plumbers and craftsmen and these stuff playing in the early NBA. And like, yeah, like some of that, it, it's not the same, you know, like the, the financial stability a, career, a professional basketball career offers you now is much different than it was in the 60s. And in the 70s and the NBA, I'm sure for certain guys, right? Like the money is just different now. Like we're just in a, a crazy era for the money side of it. But like those guys all have a part in how you get to now. You know, it's not always one-to-one. It's not always a direct lineation. Certainly like there are bigger, more important guys that we do know, Kareem and Magic and Bird and and Wilt and the 60 Celtics with Bill Russell and Dr. J and Pistol Pete Maravich and like all those guys lay a foundation, Michael in the 90s, obviously, and all the other great stars of that era. But I, I think we're in a world where I think like that stuff can get lost. We're so focused on now, and I think this will make you a better fan. I think it will make you appreciate what you're seeing now. It'll tell you how we got to it. There's a story to tell, and these guys all went through different things. The, the, the best basketball books in general are books you can go back and read about the 70s and the 80s. The access was different. The guys were more candid. It was more of the Wild West. I mean, Breaks of the Game by David Halberstrom is, is an essential read if you love basketball. Um, if you want to the ABA and you love Terry Pluto's work, and you know, at least at his peak at the Plain Dealer, you know, and, and even still today, often running very good columns, Loose Balls is like the essential sports book. I mean, that's like maybe the best sports book I've ever read. It's, it's a, something I revisit every couple of years because it's that good. Um, there's a real, there's real, there's a really good Pistol Pete biography out there. Like there's books about the '70s Knicks and stuff you can go read that are phenomenal and will will teach you something about that era of of life and give you insight into characters. That you know Jeff Perlman's book that inspired the Winning Time Show on HBO is a really good read, right? Like there are all these things you can go read to go learn about the history that is such a different time than now. And sometimes I wonder if we're never going to get that stuff about this era in the same way. I just I don't know if we will. Like I think if you like. Think about it this way, you know, in a sense. If you like basketball, if you like the Cavs, you like the NBA, you consume basketball podcasts. You listen to Lockdown Cavs. You maybe check out Lockdown NBA. You listen to the Low Post. You listen to, you know, the Dunker Spot. You listen to Nerder, you know, to, to the, the Nerder guys of the Athletic. You, you have a basketball podcast, a rotation of them, I'm sure. I have my own rotation that I, I flip through a bunch of them and I, I look forward to consuming them every week. I think if you actually like basketball, I think if you actually like the sport and you want to learn about it and get engaged with it and get better at it, you chase these different perspectives. You chase these different people who have different opinions than you. You chase a different concept, context of what's going on. That's what basketball podcasting history to me is another version of that. You'll be a better basketball fan. You'll enjoy the game more if you learn the history of it. Like you, you just will. You'll have a better appreciation of where we are. And you look at the Hall of Fame class this weekend. You know, I, I can't say I had the time just with some things going on to figure out the whole, watch the whole thing. Um, but this is like a historic class. I mean, Greg Popovich on his own is an incredible one. Everything said about the late great Kobe Bryant 
is fascinating. You know, that learning, doing some Google research about the 76 U.S. Women's Olympic team and the, the history of that team was really was an interesting internet deep dive for me. There's names on there that, you know, we may not know Gene Bass and Gary Blair and all this stuff. And like, they're not super on there. Jim Valvano, you know, Jim, like, everyone knows him in this one context, but to go through his basketball resume is a whole nother thing. But it's like Dirk and Dwayne Wade and Pow. It's like, these are really memorable things. These are really, really important things for us to, to dive into in that sense, right? Like Pow talking about Kobe, Pow being like, I wanted my guy here. That will never not resonate. And there's a connective tissue with these guys. Pop talking about how coaching is different over time is, is stories you'll never get. And Becky Hammond. I mean, Becky Hammond has lived a basketball life that I can't wait to read a book about Becky Hammond someday, right? Like a pioneer of the WNBA when that was not an easy time to make a living. She may, ends up coaching the Aces now after working for Pop. Like that, like there's a whole story there about her that is incredibly fascinating. All of these guys have their own unique stories. And even just in the cap sense, like you can go back and you know, there's a, there's the, it's a Terry Pluto book about this. You can go read the history of the Cavs. You will learn so much. We did a book club on it, like during the, during the, the, the off season of COVID, like you can go back and listen to podcasts about it. Cause we found the book that interesting history will make you a better fan. Just like you consume podcasts, just like you read people just like you go on Reddit and, and look at highlights, just like you watch other teams, just like how you like basketball, being a history nerd about basketball will make you a better fan, will make you enjoy the game more. This is certainly... So, I'm not even old per se. I'm 30. But as I've got... Like, this is something that for me, like 27 to now, it's become like a real hobby and passion of mine to, to really look at the history of this and try to understand it because it's important. I will never have like lived through Michael and his peak. I will... You know, I didn't live through some of the apexes, right? Uh, that, you know, magic and bird. I wasn't, I wasn't alive. I wasn't a twinkle in my parents' eye in, in the 80s into the, into, until 93. But those things are setting the template for what you see today. And I think if you love the game, if you're interested in the game and understanding it at a deeper level, I think just like you consume podcasts and writing and Reddit posts and, and all this stuff, I think cracking them at a book, going to Wikipedia page, doing a YouTube deep dive on some guys, watching some old highlights, watching old games in full. It'll make you better. If you like the game, I, I would recommend you take the time to consume and, and learn more about it. All right, after this, though, let's talk about really a, quartet, a, a trio of guys that I think are kind of interesting from that, that tit- the title runs, like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Let's talk about their Hall of Fameness. Uh, I think two of them have really good... Shots and there's a third that I I don't know what to make about that. So we'll we'll touch on that coming up after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And pick any team in the Super Bowl, even the Cleveland Browns, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory that team wins. It's a great way if you want to try out FanDuel. And you can set responsible limits on that app as well if you want to play smart. So again, visit FanDuel.com. Slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. 
That's fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, so let's start with the obvious one. LeBron James is going to be a Hall of Famer. Will be a Hall of Famer. First ballot, no question about it. It's just a matter of when he retires and when he gets in. This is a this is the lock of of locks, right? This is a certainty and just an insane level. And I and I I'm I will be curious to just reevaluate his Cavs tenure in a lot of different ways when that happens. I'm curious to see just, you know, there's not necessarily the same way in the NFL. It doesn't feel like, because it's not an NBA Hall of Fame, right? This is just a basketball Hall of Fame. There, there is a difference there that this isn't just an NBA thing, um, which is, I think, worth keeping in mind and, and remembering. I, I often forget that. I kind of just forgot it now for half a second, if I'm being honest with you. How LeBron's like Cavs tenure, if that's the overriding defining thing, will be really interesting because he and it has had so many different versions of his basketball life, and he's kind of he's LeBron. Like I, you know, it's not he's not so tied to one thing in a way that other guys might be. You know, his draft class guy Dwayne Wade, his his buddy, played for the Cavs, was part of the three alphas with the Bulls. Is now like part of the Jazz ownership, but I he's a Miami Heat player. I don't think of him as he's Dwayne Wade played for the Miami Heat. I, you know, we know he played these other places. We know he has these other relationships. LeBron has in some ways exceeded that. Now for me, the defining moment for him is going to be the 2016 finals. Like I, I think that is it. I think that's the defining play of his career is the block, but I'm curious to just see how the broader basketball community will kind of react to him um, in a certain time. Uh, Kevin Love is where I want to go next because he, well, actually, to start, he actually had a really cool uh, post on his Instagram. Had a couple of them, really paying homage to Dirk Nowitzki, who went into the hall this weekend, and that in itself was cool to see. That you don't, you know, you're in a world where. you're in a world there where like you get to see a guy who played against her, who came a little bit after him, who's also kind of getting towards the end. It's cool to see someone really push at him that way, right? To really look at him that way, to really consider him as an idol in that way and really pay respect to him. And that to me was a, was a really cool thing to see. Um, you know, I don't, again, I don't know. I would love to get just like talk to Kevin about like a, a lot of things, frankly, but like, you know, I think he will also kind of be defined as, a, as, as a Kevin basketball reference right now has a hall of fame probability calculator. They have it for active guys right now. Kevin love has a 73.5% chance of making the hall of fame right now. Um, that's for among active players, 16th. So like three, in a, basically th- three out of four, three fourths chance Three out of four times he's going to make the Hall of Fame. That's ahead of guys like Jimmy Butler and Clay Thompson and Blake Griffin and Gobert and and some other guys. Um, there's a real drop off after Clay at seventy percent, and then you get into Blake at like fifty four. And you know there's some hundred percent locks: LeBron, KD, Curry, Chris Paul, Harden's close to a lock. Russell Westbrook is close to a lock. Like you have some like stone cold locks there, and Kyrie actually is at ninety three. Uh, 
and five percent. So we'll talk about him next. But I, I think Love is going to go down as a Hall of Famer. Um, Team USA success for one that that's part of this as well. Had some college success. NBA career of 874 games going into next season. He's been in the league now. It's going to be 16 years, or yeah, I mean 16 years next year. Age 20, he'll be 34. Um, he'll be 35, 34, about to be 35 in September. He's been in the league, you know, like a decade and a half. He's won a title, made a bunch of All Star teams, made All NBA teams. Like he's had a a really accomplished. Career career high fifty one had thirty one rebounds in a game. You know, I I think during the end of his Minnesota tenure was one of the best like ten players in the league, and it it obviously went differently from there, and you know a different world for him went in a different way. You know, all star wise, you know he only has made five. I don't know he's not going to make another one. Um, that's kind of interesting in itself. I kind of would you I would have guessed like the over under is like at six and a half, and I might have taken the over, but I guess you just forget. Um, two-time All-NBA guy, like has had just a ton of statistical milestones, has had a, accomplished a ton. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I think certainly, you know, maybe not the, the overwhelming resume you might have thought kind of coming off the Minnesota thing, the Cleveland Center really pushed him in a different direction. But the basketball life that Kevin Love has lived, I think, has to put him in that way. And he's had just an overwhelmingly really high career and like the the peak like when you start descending in Minnesota to to the the last LeBron year I think is just like an amazing run for Kevin Love um five-time all-star team USA guy like there's a ton there where I think that guy he he is going to be another one next and Kyrie purely basketball here I don't you know the the other stuff with Kyrie is really complicated again the the probability calculator here from basketball reference gives him like a really high chance of making the hall of fame uh the there are 10 players higher than him active players right now that have higher than it's lebron kd chris paul steph curry james harden russell westbrook anthony davis dame lillard Giannis, and paul george he's ahead of Jokic. okay I, i guess just he's Kyrie's been around longer than Jokic, but Jokic is gonna make the hall of fame at this rate lowry Kawhi, draymond and kevin love um, and then Jimmy Clay, Blake, and Demar. I actually, in my head, and this might have just—I don't know why—but I had kind of had maybe uh, Kevin Love has got him more solidified in some ways. That that might have just been my own kind of like warped brain and kind of having trouble separating some of the the Kyrie stuff at this point, and, and maybe just the the way things have, frankly, just the way things have gone for him and the way he's carried himself since he left Cleveland. I think is is a real mark on him to some degree. I don't think you can not look at it that way, but skill for skill. I mean, this is one of the most skilled, creative players we've seen. This is one of the most breathtaking players we've seen. You look at his resume. Eight-time All-Star. Rookie of the Year. All-Star Game MVP in 2014. All-Rookie First Team. Three-time All-NBA guy. Again, uh, has had voting for for all nba eight times won a title you know i mean was a mcdonald's all-american uh has some team usa experience as well you know won with team usa has just put up really insane numbers um as a scorer as a finisher i think skill for skill obviously just widely respected among his fellow players so i i Kyrie's probably gonna get into and I, that would give you three guys from that run the three pillars 
of that run um, from that 2016 title team that I'll get in. That's that's cool. And like I, you know, they'll all get Ring of Honor stuff in Cleveland. You'd assume you think other guys from that team, Jr. Uh, Tristan will get honored in Cleveland. Those guys aren't going to be Hall of Famers, but you might have it. it you kind of might have three guys here that get in and that in itself is going to be really cool um you know i think lebron obviously would be a lock kevin i think has a really good chance of Kyrie by these odds is even more of a lock than kevin i think all three really should get in and when they get honored in their different years i think that in itself will be a very very cool thing to see all right coming up next let's talk about some other guys past and present who could get in um and we're gonna start in the past with mark price who is not in and I think that's kind of, I think I understand why, but uh, man, Mark Price is great. We'll talk about that next. All right, back here, Locked on Cavs. Uh, last segment today, let's wrap this up talking about other guys who could or should be in the Hall of Fame. And I want to I wanna go in the past a little bit. Mark Price is, is where I want to start here because if you want to talk, like this, this goes back to the educating yourself. Mark Price is, was born in 1964. He debuted in 86. Like he's more of my dad's peer who's in his 60s than he is mine. Like this, he's, I don't come around. I, w- I was born in his second to last All-Star season. He's born in, he makes the All-Star teams in 91, 92, 92, 93, 93, 94. His last season in Cleveland is 95. I was two years old thereabouts when he leaves Cleveland at age 30. I think the reason he's probably not in the hall, despite having, you know, like a, a nine great years in Cleveland, three years with, with the Warriors of the Magic and the, the then Bullets, I believe. It's not... There's like a very high peak, but it maybe isn't the sustained super, super high peak. And it's not like overwhelming numbers. Like he never averaged 20 points a game in his career. Um, you know, wasn't like a three-point mark to me, even though he really could shoot in and probably could have taken more in, in, the, in the modern NBA. This is one of those guys that you hear about would have been even higher, right? Like that, that's one of those things where it would have been even higher and higher and higher for him. Four all-star teams, you know, doesn't have the highest in the, in the, in the probability rankings. He's at 18.2%. It's there with like Jamal Wilkes and Norm Nixon and you know Brad Doherty is another one from this era, obviously, that kind of could be, could be in that range. He's at 15.6%. Uh, Mark Price again at 183 Like these guys don't have the greatest chance. I and I I I kind of get it. You know, so you look at Doherty, you know, he has five all-star appearances. Has some amazing seasons. You know, average 20 points three times. Again, makes five all-star teams. But he's in the league for from age 21 to 28. That's not a sustained level that gets you there. The, the peaks are phenomenal. But he doesn't have like a age... He's not in the league from like 21 to 35 or 21 to 37 and won a ton or competed with Team USA to add to this, right? Like there, there's something just kind of missing from that, unfortunately. Um, you know, he is, you know, does make an all-league all team twice, all-rookie, and then a th- one th- all-third NBA team. So, like, you're not even getting an overwhelming there. With Price, again, it's he doesn't average 20 points a game in a season for his career. It's not an overwhelming run of success you maybe could need. 
you know, was all NBA four times, including a first team all NBA, was a four time all star. Like you have really great accomplishments, but the bar is really high. And the bar for them getting in is unfortunately probably just too high. It probably would have happened already, you know, if it was ever going to happen. And that's that sucks, but that's kind of where we're at. If you go to the current guys, it's too early for Mobley. It's been two years. I'm as high in him as anybody. I think there's like a good chance he hits this level of like is great for a long time. And we're talking about like his Hall of Fame one day, his amazing career one day, but it's way too early for us to get there. It's kind of even too early for Darius Garland if you if we want to be um, really frank about it. it it's st- like he's just starting. You know, he doesn't have like the track record of uh, getting into some of this stuff. You know, you look at his you look at where he's at on this on this chart it's like like there's guys that have been in the league longer than him that have really low and he doesn't really pop like Ricky Rubio right now has like a really low person you search him on the page it's like he doesn't even show up like it's too early for him to some degree and again the bar is really high i mean this calculator like Draymond's going to be a hall of famer i find it like nuts that you would say he's not but it's like this only gives him a 77% chance of like being a Hall of Famer, right? Like that's not, like Darius Garland's on the top, like this list goes to 100. He's not in the, the top 100. I'll see if it's on his actual basketball reference page. But the guy right now, and he's only been in Cleveland one year and like we don't really even know how long he's going to be in Cleveland. And that's Donovan Mitchell. Like I don't, you know, we don't know if he's going to spend 10 years here or three years here or whatever that's going to be. We have no idea right now. So right now, Mitchell is 29th among active players in Hall of Fame probabilities at 6.57%. Guys around him include Jason Tatum at, at 6.8%. Derek Rose is a little over 10. Demonis Sabonis is right under Mitchell at 30th at, th- at 3.95%. So like the, you look at Mitchell's career, and he's accomplished a lot, right? Like he's had a phenomenal start for a guy that is still, he'll, he'll turn 27 in September, the same day as Kevin Love on September 7th. You know, he's made the All-Star team now four years in a row. He's made All-NBA teams now. I think he just had the best season of his career. Um, you know, he doesn't have the Team USA success. He's on a, uh, didn't play this summer and was on a really struggle World Cup ball team. Um, you know, four-time All-Star guy, uh, first-team All-Rookie, one All-NBA team. Like he has a lot more to add where like he could get there. Maybe he plays at a really high level until he's 37 and he gets there. Like maybe that happens, but like, will it? I don't know. You look at the guy, some of the guys ahead of him that are a little bit older. Okay. Blake Griffin is a little over 50%. He had an amazing peak, but it's, you have to sustain it for a really long time. DeMar DeRozan has been awesome for a long time, but maybe not great enough. He's under 50%. John Wall had these amazing peaks. Again, didn't sustain it. You know, like it, it gets tough. It is tough. Andre Iguodala has won championships and is considered just like a basketball savant in so many ways. He's not the highest up there on this on these probability rankings. The bar is so high for any of these guys to get there. Doesn't mean that they're not great. Like Ricky Rubio has had such like an amazing basketball career, he's under like a one percent chance of getting in on this, right? Like, okay, like he might not. That's okay. Some of these guys might never. Like that doesn't diminish them, right? I, I think the bar for the getting into the basketball Hall of Fame is just 
it's really, really high. And I, I get why it's high. But I think to, to kind of end on this, I think we should celebrate it. I think it's worth thinking about. I think it's worth really learning about and learning about the guys. Like when, if you love basketball, if you truly just want to learn about it and be a nerd of the game, I think the history of it is just such a, it's a much better use of your time than going on Twitter or going on Reddit, like really just engaging in stupid discourse. Like educate yourself, like do just at least look at a Wikipedia page, read it, watch some YouTube highlights, like watch a documentary, you know, like there's a bajillion great basketball documentaries out there that you can go find and there are, you can learn to read one of the many Jack McCollum NBA books that are out there, right? Like there's so many things you could go do. And also don't take some of the greatness for granted when staring you in the face. You know, like LeBron is a Hall of Fame lock. I think Kevin Love's going to get there. I think Kyrie's probably going to get there based on kind of thinking about this a little bit more and if he sustains where he's at a couple of years. Like this, this just comes around every so often that you actually get Hall of Famers like this in your presence, like surefire ones. And like maybe Kevin does again until he's a little bit older. Maybe Kyrie, I, like Lord knows where that, where his career will go. I don't know. But when greatness like that kind of stares you in the face, you kind of got to try to realize it as much as you can in the moment. And also remember how hard it is to sustain that greatness for so long. Like there are, there are guys that are phenomenal now that are fantastic now. And sometimes it just can't be sustained. And that's unfortunate. And it doesn't, you know, it means to me they're not Hall of Famers. It still means they're great. But someone, again, someone like Donovan Mitchell, you would be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he can put together more all-star seasons and he's kind of just getting started, but he's 27. And there's a lot of work to do to really solidify case. The bar is just high. So remember that sometimes when we're thinking about this and and take the bigger picture instead of always just in the moment. I think the offseason is a great time for that. I think thinking about the history of basketball and the NBA and the WNBA and international basketball is all is all really worth your time. I would go track down the speeches from the weekend. I would go uh, Becky Hammonds and Greg Popovich in particular, I thought were really interesting. Dwayne Wade's I thought was excellent as well. But go go educate yourself. You'll be a better basketball fan for it. I hope this episode was maybe kickstart at least. If one person hits us in the YouTube comments, shoots us an email, DMs me on, on X or whatever, and tells me they're going to read some stuff or looking for suggestions, I consider that a win for, for this one. All right, that'll be back. We'll be back later this week with more Lockdown Cavs. Have a great Monday, everyone. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for his work on production.